Hi everyone, welcome to the Influential Times March edition. Uh, as always, I am joined by Jack. Hi everyone. Yeah, it's good to be back uh, talking about all things influence marketing and uh, social media. Um, for my first story today, um, just a small update from TikTok. Well, possibly a small update, possibly a big update. Um, TikTok are going to be extending the length of videos from three minutes to 10 minutes. Um, quite interesting, actually, because they've gradually, I didn't even really notice this. I don't know if you did, Jack, but it started as 15 seconds. It then went to 60 seconds. And now they're there. Then it was three minutes and now they're going to 10 minutes. Um, so it's gradually, gradually increased over the, over the years. Um, I think one of the kind of, I guess, user feedback things that they've used is they have had uh, longer live streams within the feed already. So that's been a bit of a test to see what the engagement's been like around, you know, lo slightly longer form content. And that's worked pretty well. They've said that that hasn't, you know, affected to get engagement at all. So um, I suppose what they're trying to do really is to carve out a bit of a niche really by being somewhere between you know, you've obviously got Instagram and Snapchat stories that are still 10 seconds, very short form content. And then between that and YouTube, which is obviously longer, longer form content. So they're probably going to end up being somewhere in the middle there, um, which I guess will be quite unique. Um, I think, yeah, it's interesting with 10 minutes. Um, it's still a reasonably short form piece of content, but it's probably going to open up the possibilities. It's probably going to open up the risks as well of the, the nature of the, the the kind of content that can be created there. Um, and yeah, some of the question marks, the industry around obviously how this will affect user behavior and engagement, but you know, also it's probably going to open up a, um, some broader um, options around things like advertising, obviously with YouTube now, I'm not sure if it's like when you watch an hour long video, it's like every five or 10 minutes, you get like a really quick advert. So whether that's going to be something that they're looking at doing and they've got more scope with a 10 minute video. Um, and yeah, some of the other question marks, whether it will work, obviously Vine tried to venture into the longer form content. It didn't quite work out for them. Um, so, and also, you know, currently concerns around spreading of misinformation and things like that as well. So yeah, some interesting uh, opinions on this, Jack, out there. Yeah, I thought one one of the sort of um, dynamics that this might affect that you see in creator behavior on TikTok is much like people sort of thread on Twitter. I think it's not uncommon to sort of do a part one as a as a sort of you know, it, it's kind of users trying to game the um, the dynamics of the app to, to sort of get people to visit their profile and view more of their videos and maybe gain followers. Because obviously it's, you know, reasonably easy, I say easy, um, to, to kind of get your initial, like maybe a popular video. But I think users sometimes, creators are trying to think, how do I, you know, get a you know, one viral video and then done. I kind of want people to follow me. I want people coming back and viewing my profile and viewing multiple pictures. So kind of threading things together and sort of telling a story maybe over multiple videos. There's no real excuse. You know, you, the three minute video, I think already largely put paid to that. You sort of think you can't tell it in three minutes. Mm. Is it really that worth, um, that worth telling? With 10 minutes, you kind of think there's surely no excuse. Um, and yeah, I guess as a, yeah, as, as an all too frequent user, I suppose what I would say is, as we were discussing just before we came on air, it seems like 
sometimes the the longer format actually hurts the quality of the content mm. uh so that i think they could end up in a sort of um in a stodgy middle ground with lots of sort of slightly because the, the the thing about a short video is it can be spontaneous and quite throwaway whereas i think if you get into youtube territory i think most of the creators on there would say there's kind of planning yeah. and a bit more storyboarding and thought goes into your kind of visual storytelling and things like that and the higher production value you might look for there suddenly becomes you know you might users might want to watch that on desktop i yeah i'm not convinced by this move i would say personally i think it's i understand why they're doing it you know you keep the eyeballs longer maybe that's a good thing but i don't know can you see yourself watching a, a 10 minute video on tiktok mm, yeah it does it does feel quite long doesn't it um or it will definitely i guess the nature of the content would have to change to suit suit the 10 minute format but perhaps that's what they're they're wanting to do um who knows let's let's see what happens with that um I think Jack, you've got a couple of stories around. Uh, you've got a Reddit one, and there's also a LinkedIn um, update as well. Yeah. So, given we were just talking about kind of um, you know, individual creators and how their behaviour might be affected, the the Reddit story uh, is around a new feature that they're they're rolling out to. I think they're trying to highlight because Reddit is sort of famous almost for having this very you know kind of almost old school quite simple interface um and for being home to all these kind of micro communities with their own culture and their own you know they're all sharing their own stuff and their own sort of shorthand and, and language for communicating so they're rolling out a kind of discovery tab i think to highlight one sort of picture and video a lot more so that that's more of a visible uh, element so you can kind of see the best of you know the most visually arresting pieces of content that are on the site and i think maybe also to to help people sort of find things outside of the um maybe outside of the communities that they would self-consciously identify with so you might log you know you might join reddit and sign up i don't know to a bunch of sports related or art related or baking related subreddits and maybe sort of adding a, a discovery tab as a way of sort of going oh well actually you know you may have just signed up uh, for advice about baking and to talk to other bakers but maybe you also really like interior design maybe you're also really interested in talking about financial advice and that sort of thing so on the face of it makes sense i don't know whether it sort of almost goes counter to reddit's yeah. culture um i don't know are you are you a redditor tom not not massively no I've, n I've never got into it but yeah i've got friends who are pretty uh pretty into it so probably be interesting to to see what they think about about the new feature yeah, Reddit really feels like one of those, uh, as, as the saying goes, the ones who know, know. Yeah, um, for sure. People who are into it are really into it and are usually quite big evangelists for it. Um, and yeah, lots of user bases are kind of hostile to change. So um, yeah, they might they might see it as kind of it's being compared to Instagram or Pinterest uh, a little. So I can kind of see why people might get um, a bit funny about this one. Uh, so yeah, our, our second one is an acquisition story. I've been talking loads in recent months about Spotify acquisitions in the podcast space. This one is an acquisition by LinkedIn of uh, an Israeli web analytics company called Aribi. I think I'm pronouncing it like um, Liverpool striker Divock Origi, but that might not be right. Uh, it's spelt like that, I think, with a B, but my, my pronunciation could be off there. Um, 
it's a fairly sizable acquisition. It's kind of beefing out LinkedIn's suite of tools for marketers, really. Um, by the look of it, I spent some time kind of poking around their website. It's just kind of more attribution tools um, that can be integrated into um, into LinkedIn. So you know, that's been a very successful source of uh, of cash for LinkedIn. Um, you know, having all these tools available for marketers, I think the more they can extend their reach and sort of you know the almost the visibility that a linked that a marketer has on linkedin off linkedin and onto sort of subsequent landing pages and things like that the better off they'll be uh Aribi talks about sort of preserving um kind of preserving uh, the privacy of users and and also trying to make um trying to really make it as um make it as easy as possible for small businesses to access um to access analytics so an interesting one overall although sort of not in another sense not that interesting kind of just obvious and and makes sense as a step really um the article if, if you guys uh, get the newsletter you'll see the the TechCrunch article about this suggests it's kind of tanks on a tanks on google's lawn so it's, it's a direct challenge to google analytics uh, in some ways, and sort of Microsoft building that out within their, you know, they've got, a, they've acquired LinkedIn, this large social uh, platform for business, and now they're they're sort of um, starting to really uh, broaden out that that offering. But, um, yeah. So we were going to finish up with a, uh, your second story, Tom, um, on how how kind of brands are, are thinking about the d e and i in the influencer marketing space yeah absolutely diversity equity inclusion obviously a, a really really important topic and and one that at analytica as well you know we we're very much um involved in and, and sort of pushing as much as we can um yeah just an article that i noticed that ad age ran um uh, talking about sort of how, you know where the industry's got to um and and some of the um some of the research that's been done recently um i think the, the main point they made that the industry has come a long way over the past couple of years and it's actually a, an agency called influential they're more kind of us based um they have clients like pepsi and nfl and, and some big big companies they actually did a diversity audit which was quite interesting um and they found that 90 percent of the campaigns they ran last year included at least one diverse creator and 50 percent of their campaigns uh, actually had a majority of diverse creators so really really good stats there uh, from some of the stuff they've been doing with with large brands um so i think yeah definitely come a long way i think there's definitely still areas that could be improved on i think there's still issues around um pay equity for example um but i think the general feeling is that influence marketing is moving quicker than some of the other areas of marketing um, when it comes to some of these um, diversity and inclusion pledges that, that have been made. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we've done a lot on this. We did a big report actually last year, um, which looked at diversity, equity and inclusion. We actually focused it on the tech sector because obviously that's where um, most of our clients sit. We tried to look at, um, you know, which of the brands were were sort of most prevalent in the conversation, were driving the most kind of awareness and perception around the topic. Um, so some really interesting insights there. And if anyone you know wants a copy, then obviously get in touch with us. Um, and also, we're going to be doing a lot around women in tech in March as well to coincide with International Women's Day. Um, so we've got some really exciting content coming out, out around that. Um, 
but yeah, Jack, it's, I suppose it's good to see some of those stats and that, um, you know, the, the, the diversity inclusion is, um, is, has come a long way in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's the bit that's really noticeable, which which you kind of hit the nail on the head there is you can you can see there's loads of progress in diversity because those are the stats that all the brands feel kind of not just willing, but actually proud to share because it's maybe, you know, it, it's less of an uncomfortable conversation than the, the sort of equity when it gets into pay. Um, and it, it's it's less thorny. It's probably you know easier to to do something about right away. As you can just you know if you're you're putting together a panel, you're you're putting together a campaign. You you can easily tell whether you have a diverse. Um, it's very easily auditable, and it's very noticeable when it's not. Um, so you know, I think lots of people are in the sort of you know panel uh, panel speaking business will always you know will, will notice when there's a, an all male panel a manal if you will um i think yeah the those are those are obviously kind of almost you know not easy is maybe the wrong term but like it, it feels very addressable right away uh, with and you can sort of make the effort um i think noticeable though that on on the actual sort of pay transparency i think there's a little bit of a um that's where we get into sort of maybe marketing departments wanting to keep their cars close to their chest or feeling they need to for kind of competitive reasons it's almost like i don't want to say what i'm paying mm. my creators in case you know suddenly you know i might you know find myself under pressure to up that what if there's public backlash you know what if i'm i'm called out um or you know what if actually it turns out maybe i'm overpaying or something like that so i don't know quite what the sort of the reasoning is but um I definitely agree you know we we as an organization want to you know, try and think about what our role is in sort of bringing both parties together the brands and the influencer and trying to make the conversations as transparent as possible um i think that's where it begins but yeah absolutely as tom said check out the report check out um a lot of the content we'll have um coming out about that and i'd really recommend reading the article on on ad age it's us focused but um some some really interesting stats in there about kind of tangible steps that brands uh, are clearly taking and, and kind of positive and encouraging signs that people are really making the effort and kind of investing time um into uh diversifying the kind of group of influencers that they work with yeah absolutely um cool well look out for the newsletter obviously there'll be the um the stories we've talked about today plus a bonus story and yeah, we will look forward to seeing you next time.